Hi, and welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight I'm joined by Tony and Bridget. Hi, guys. Hello. So we had a few questions left over from the question and answer show that we did last week. And I thought we'd answer a few more of them, especially since we have Tony, because there's one about DCL and I know you're our DCL guy. So I'm going to go ahead and ask that one. Jill writes, why for the love of Pete's dragon is the DCL planning process so much more complicated than it needs to be? Tiered status, limited availability, and complex reservation systems. Tony, I'm going to let you handle this because you know the answers to this. Well, uh, first off, it's not that complicated if you've got a travel agent doing all the work for you. So true. Mm-hmm. How's that? Um, you know, they. it is a tiered, uh, tiered reservations, and that's one of the benefits of cruising with Disney because once you cruise with them, you get into their castaway club. Uh, and then at various points... Uh, as you progress through the club, you can actually reserve stuff before members who are newer. So uh, somebody who's platinum status, which is 10 plus cruises, can reserve stuff first, followed by gold status, which is 5 to 10 cruises, and then silver, which is uh, 1 to one to 5. Uh, so yeah, things are kind of tiered, and it stinks, but it's no different than you know tiered fast passes at Disney World, you know, 60 days for resort guests and 30 days for non-resort guests. It's just one of the perks of traveling with the cruise line. The process itself, while it may seem complicated, it's not. Uh, You know, your booking window is going to open on one day. Um, If you're a first-time cruiser, it's going to be at uh, 60 days. But that's when you can make all of your reservations. Now, there might not be stuff left because Disney will take a portion of their cruise reservations and make them available ahead of time. Uh, but if you don't get a ticket to the Princess Meet and Greet, don't worry. When you get on board that first day, uh, you're they're gonna you're gonna be directed over to the Port Adventures desk where you can actually ask for the Princess t- Meet and Greet tickets, and they will have some there. So it it can be daunting. You know, my my tip would be uh, to make things easier would be to work with a travel agent who's going to do all of that booking for you. Um, if you haven't booked with a travel agent uh, and you're doing it on your own. Um, You know, just look to see what's available, uh, do as much research as you can, and, you know, wait for that day when you can make your reservations. And and don't fret, like I say, don't fret if something's not available, uh, because you can always ask for it uh, on your embarkation day. I found that true with Paolo, like, because we, we have like, you know, no status basically. And we couldn't get Paolo on the last cruise and we were able to get it as soon as we got on the ship. We just went right upstairs and signed up for it. Thank God, because the food is amazing. Yes. Yes, it is. Especially the brunch. Yeah. I'm, I'm more a, a fan of the dinner, but that's a topic for another show. So I think also if you're a first time cruiser, there's a lot of things that you really don't need because you want to experience as much as you can on the ship, just sort of like finding out basically what you're, what you like to do on a cruise. And so maybe you don't get the massage that you wanted or the spa time that you wanted, but there's so many other things to do. And you certainly don't need, like, I just read something. Somebody was like complaining because they were they were club level or platinum or something and they didn't get a cabana. This is apparently a major thing to spend $600 for a cabana at Castaway Key. 
why do you need a cabana with all those fantastic umbrellas? You know, I mean, you're only a castaway key for maybe, what, eight hours at the most? Well, first off, the cabanas are stocked with sodas and snacks. Yeah, but you can go... So you've got that going for you. But the sodas and snacks are right over by the little hut, and they're free. That is true. And and I'll tell you, I'm jealous because now that I'm platinum, I tried to get a cabana, but you know who grabs them? The concierge guests. Oh, yeah, I guess, because they have even, they have priority. And you could be on your first cruise, but if you're concierge, you can get it. Correct. So, but you know what? I had someone in a royal suite, and it was hard for her to get it. Like she was very stressed out about it. So, I mean, she did get it. I guess I'm just sort of, I, I didn't spend very much time at Castaway Key, so I didn't really see the the point of it. But I do think there's so much to do on the ship that even like, for example, even if you don't get the excursion that you want, there are other ones that are probably going to be comparable and just as good. I remember we went to Norway. Everyone wanted the Anna and Elsa meet and greet that you went up to a little cabin and you got to meet them. And it sold out immediately. But as soon as like people got closer to travel, they dropped it. So at, at, by the time we cruised, it was available if anyone wanted it. You know, so that's the other thing is I think people grab things. It's kind of like with dining, you know, on property. People will grab three or four things a day sometimes, but then eventually they drop all that dining and then you can get it closer to travel. So something to think about. Um, and Jill is actually my friend and my client, so I know she's been stressing about this. Okay, Adam has entered the building. Hey, Adam. Hello. Yeah, yes. Okay. Hi. Okay. All right. So, Adam, we're doing a question and answer show. So, nice of you to drop in. We oh, always need an... I thought it was the Tony Bonoso show. It it was until you hopped Sorry. on, but we didn't we didn't want you to know actually, because no. he figured you might be jealous. Always jealous. Okay. All right. Welcome to my show, Adam. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to move it over to Universal because I know we all know Universal at well, except for Adam. So, hey, Adam, thanks for showing up. Um, <laughs> but we're going to talk a little bit about the Hard Rock Hotel over at Universal. So, Jennifer asks, I'm staying at the Hard Rock Hotel for the first time in a little over a month. What fun stuff can we get into? Are there any great restaurants at the resort? First of all, the great thing about Universal is that there are deluxe hotels. There's three of them, Royal Pacific, Hard Rock, and Portofino, are all within walking distance of CityWalk and the parks. And so to say, are there any great places at the resort to eat? Well, you can walk 10 minutes and get to the other hotel. There's lots of good food. I actually, my favorite restaurant there is actually Mama Della's, which is in Portofino, which is, again, 10 minutes away. Um, any favorite restaurants over at Universal that you would recommend? Voodoo Donuts. Voodoo Donuts? Okay, yeah. I don't like their advertisements. I have to say, they're a little lewd and just unnecessarily in your face. Well, that's definitely up Tony's alley because he loves lewd advertising. Yeah, for sure. Have you have you been to Voodoo Donuts, Tony? I have. I love what comes in a little pink box. See? I do. Um. See, I just feel like your advertising, if you're going to be rude, needs to be a little more subtle. Um, just so you know, over at Hard Rock, you can go to the Palm, which is a very high-end, expensive steakhouse. There's good. 
Yeah, there's sort of a more casual dining at a restaurant called The Kitchen. And there's a lounge over there called Velvet. And I can tell you that is a wonderful lounge. A little small, but very nice. Now, one of the really fun things about Universal is that if you're staying at one hotel, you can use the pool at all the others. So you can pool hop. Even if you're staying at Endless Summer, which is their newest resort, very inexpensive, you could you know, go on over to Hard Rock and use the pool. Um, so there's just a lot of opportunities to kind of, you know, really explore the entire resort. Don't limit yourself to your own. Um, also at the Hard Rock, they have a poolside club called Beach Club where you can eat, have drinks, hang out and swim. There's so much to do there. We know you're going to love it. And again, it's about a 15 minute walk to the parks. By the way, when you're walking to the parks, you can stop by Toothsome Emporium. You'll go right past it and get yourself a gigantic shake as big as your head and uh, then walk off all those calories when you're in the park. Tony, do you have any thoughts? Um, you know what? I liked um, Antojitos, uh, which yeah. is Mexican, and that's at uh, Universal City Walk. Uh, it's it's yeah, like Chris said, you know, nothing is more than like a ten minute walk from uh, Hard Rock, and that's one of the things. That's one of the few things I like about the Universal Resort versus uh, Walt Disney World Resort uh, is that stuff is so close. You know, you don't have to hop on a bus and take a twenty minute ride to get to Disney Springs uh, because Hard Rock, you know. Uh, the furthest thing there is probably Volcano Bay, which is maybe a 15 or 20 minute walk. Um, and, but, you know, if you're staying at Hard Rock, you're really right in the center of the action. Uh, Antojitos or the Cowfish uh, at Universal City Walk, either one of those restaurants, you know, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I like that one, too. And don't forget that at night, if you if you are staying at a Universal Hotel, you have free admission into City Walk, so you can go to all the clubs. There's a comedy club, there's karaoke, there are actual, you know, dance clubs there that you can go to and enjoy. So, is it like the old? Uh, oh gosh, Pleasure, Pleasure, Island. Pleasure Island. Island. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in a way, yes, and in a way, no. It's a little more of a club atmosphere than Pleasure Island. You know, it's more grown up. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Bridget and Tony and I, we've we've done this, right? And it is a little bit of work, but it's totally worth it. Kim writes, how about some tips for traveling to Disneyland with a 10-month-old infant? And here's something else. The other kids are 12 and 9, so how would you handle that? You've got a baby, and you've got bigger kids who can do a lot more. My, I will say my biggest piece of advice to a mom or dad traveling with a baby is go ahead and get yourself a sling or a carrier. Babies are really happy at 10 months old to just be held and sleep. And you can get so much done when your baby's in any kind of baby carrier. So if you don't have one, borrow one from a friend, invest in that. Um, there are a lot of rides they can go on. You can go on small world, little things like that. Um, Bridget, do you want to talk about the baby swap and how parents can use that? Oh, rider swap? Yeah, rider yeah. swap. So um, Disney has does this nice thing for parents, especially you know with younger kids that can't ride or aren't tall enough to ride or infants. It's called rider swap. So what you would do is, um, let's say your older child wants to ride an attraction like um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And 
the littler ones can't go on, you would go to the greeter at the beginning of the ride as soon as you walk in um, and let them know that you need to do rider swap. Um, and on this past trip, I mean, we still can, it's like, I guess it's sort of like rider swap because Nick doesn't really go on a lot of the big rides. So when he chose not to go, he would walk through the queue with us. Um, and you would walk through the queue get to uh, the loading area where they would put you onto the attraction or the you know ride vehicle, let them know again that you're doing rider swap, that one parent will wait with the child while the other parent rides with the older child that's going to ride. So one parent's waiting with the baby. When that next parent, when that parent comes back with the other child, then the parent with the baby can switch and get, get on the ride then. And the other child can go again too um, because they usually let you bring another person or two on with you so um it makes it easy for you to be able to go on different things because a lot of people a lot of my clients have said to me like oh well i'm not really gonna be able to do anything because so-and-so's baby we can't go on anything or and i you know right away i tell them about rider swap it makes it much easier for parents to be able to enjoy the attractions with all of their you know with the children that can ride and you know and not feel like they're missing out on anything okay i think that's good advice Okay, Bridget, do you have any packing advice? When when we traveled with the kids when they were really little, and Katie was like 17 months old, I only packed the diapers that I needed, yeah. and I ordered stuff to the room. Oh, that's a great idea. I used Garden Grocer, and now, I mean, you think you can do Amazon or whatever and have stuff shipped to the room, but the diapers, the wipes, anything that extraneous that I needed that I didn't want to pack and weigh my luggage down, I just shipped to the room. Well, and I, I love the idea anyway of sort of bringing all your own diapers because if you try to buy diapers in the parks, I found that they weren't really the right size for my twins. And so like you're putting on a diaper that maybe is too big or it's an off brand. So like the first time we didn't have enough diapers, the second time I made sure I had a surplus. Mm-hmm. And wipes too. Bring your own wipes because babies... You don't really want to subject a baby to something, you know, there, it's everything around them is going to be new. So, I mean, keeping some of the things the same, you know, you don't know if they're going to get diaper rash from something that you've changed or whatever. I, I think that's good advice. And I like the idea of ordering it. I never ordered. I just overpacked, but we drove. So it wasn't as big of a deal. So, yeah, if you've got to fly, just order it because, yeah. I mean, you don't want to have to pay luggage fees because you're weighing it down with wipes and stuff. Right. And the wipes get those little, like the little smaller packs that you, yeah. know, you throw in a bag. You know, you can use those in the hotel room too. It's not like you're carrying those big plastic things around. Right. And for goodness sakes, bring your stroller. I mean, even if you do use a carrier, the stroller's great because it's going to have a little basket underneath it most likely that you can put so much stuff in. Yeah, agreed. One of the things I hear a lot of moms say um, when their kids outgrow the stroller is, oh, gosh, you know, I really miss it. Oh, because the kids were sitting in the stroller and they were little and cute. No, because I don't have anywhere to put all my junk. So now I got to carry it. Okay. Julie writes, going to the Christmas party in November, I had a dining reservation for Tony's, but canceled it in favor of doing quick service. Am I going to regret? Are all the quick services open during the Christmas party? That's actually a really good question because we ran into that. First of all, I would never personally want to do dining, like a table service during a party, right? Would you guys do that? No. Never. Isn't Tony's reserved for that party, other party anyway, during the party? Isn't There's a dessert party. <laughs> there the is a dessert it. party there. But isn't that on the patio? I don't know if they're doing both. They do regular dinner and dessert. Mm. I wonder if that's what she had booked. 
Maybe. I, I think, you know, she's right to be concerned about what's open. If you go early enough, you'll be able to get in. That's, that's the short answer for quick service. But it's not all open during the party. And it, the closer you get to fireworks and everything else, isn't that what you guys have encountered? Like you'll go to Pico's Bills and you'll be like, nope. Oh, yeah. Well, because so. they're not even serving like food at that point. It's just cookies yeah. and hot chocolate and, uh, you know, some type of pastry thing. Yeah. There, there will be something opened, but a lot of times it's something like, you know, uh, Casey's and there's like a line for hot dogs, like a mile long. So, yeah, I mean, just go early. You definitely don't want to be hungry running around the parks at 11 o'clock at night. So, And you definitely, definitely don't want to take an hour for a sit down meal in the middle of a party that you've just yeah. spent an extra hundred and ten dollars a person for. Yeah, I agree. Especially yeah. at especially at Tony's, you don't want to be doing that there. No, no offense. Uh, no offense, Tony. None taken. Well, and I remember that you know, like back when BR guests used to be super difficult to get because now it's easier to get. Um, but back in a few couple of years ago, people would kind of only be able to get that reservation during the party because it was, of course, less popular. And, um, you know, you just ruined like a good part of your night sitting there eating. I mean, you know, granted, the food's good, but it's certainly not worth missing two, even three hours of the party. So because service there is slow. Okay, we're going to do one last one just because this came in a little later and it's actually Bridget's client. So I'm going to pass this one over to you, Bridget. Okay, so this is my client, Dawn. Hi, Dawn. All right, let's see. We said, I think I missed the new listener question show, so I figured I'd ask it here. All right, she's going to Disney in February 2020, and um, they don't like to schedule a whole bunch. So they they like to research, but they're not big on all the reservations. I totally get that. So she starts with Magic Kingdom, and on the second day, she has Oga's Cantina for afternoon drinks. And then she wanted to see which parks had met had extra magic hours and noticed that most of the parks close at 8 o'clock while they're there, even on Friday and Saturday nights. Epcot is the only one that's open until 9. My question is, what time are fireworks if the parks close at 8 o'clock? And if the parks close at 8, does does that mean everyone has to be out by 8, or is it 8 when rides stop and you need to make your way to the exits? So the park will close at 8 but that means that the rides will stop at 8. So typically they will, if you're in line and the park closes at 8, they will see everyone through that is in line um, for the for that attraction. And then you would exit the park after you've gone on that attraction. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean at 8 o'clock they push you out of line and then you got to go. You just have to, you know, just, once you're done, finished with that attraction, then you um, have to head out. But people tend to, like, kind of mill around. So, like, a Magic Kingdom, sometimes people mill around and, and um, on Main Street. I think typically the stores the stores close at 8 o'clock, too, I believe. But it's kind of nice to just walk around when it's kind of quiet. Yeah, so then 8 o'clock are going to be your fireworks, um, and which makes sense because if it's going to be dark at 8 o'clock. So, you know, typically in the summer, it's a little bit later, but... For, for February, it, it would be early. So 8 o'clock, fireworks will go off, and then um, and then you would exit the park after the fireworks were over. Sounds like a plan. I think she's got it under control. Dawn's good. She's got it together. Yeah. Although I will say, 
they do a lot of research, but then they don't want to schedule. So yeah, I kind of get that. Of, it's a lot of legwork, and then not actually finishing. I don't know. That's well, just... I think it's more that they read like like they don't want to be tied down to reservations, which I get. Mm-hmm. You right. know, and then researching like just putting an itinerary together or things that you want to see and do doesn't mean you have to actually schedule it. Okay. I don't need schedules. You don't? Yeah, I don't either. No. no. Don't? Well, no. Well, you don't, Chris. I know. Bridget doesn't? It's the worst. No. Okay. That... That's how I did Disney when I was a kid. We didn't have to schedule anything. These The scheduling stuff is making me bonkers. I just want to uh... go enjoy my vacation. The love of all that is holy. <laughs> I I think that some is fine. You know, I've I've tried the no schedule thing. And the kids have been really disappointed, like even to the point where they're like, gosh, mom, we don't have any fast passes. So I don't take it that far anymore. I always make sure we have fast passes and at least some dining. But I'm extremely flexible about canceling anything and everything for a day where the kids can just hang out at the pool or whatever they want to do. So I I think everyone's trip should be like that. Yeah, I think you need a little bit of flexibility. Yeah. Because you, if you don't have it, then it just kind of makes it too regimented. And I think people get like, I don't know, I get angry. Well, and I've, I've had clients send me, and this is sort of before my Disney experience. Because my Disney experience, is, it does the scheduling for you, basically, to a certain extent. But I have had clients send me spreadsheets where they have what they're going to eat that day. And I'm like, no, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. First of all, this menu's change. So I think you have to be flexible. What about you, Tony? Are you, is, we, that's the one thing we don't know. Tony, are you a stick-to-the-schedule kind of guy? I like to plan, but I have a rigidly flexible schedule. Oh. I, don't, I don't... Oh, really? That's great, Tony. Great yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't... Uh, I don't... You know, if, if something gets in the way, I'm not too upset um, because I will go with the flow. Wait. Right. I, I have a game plan, you know, it's an outline, uh, but I try not to get too, you know, caught up in over planning or over scheduling, um, you know, with the exception of dining. I'll, I'll, if I schedule a meal, I'm going to try to make that meal. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm go with the flow. But what does Cheryl let you do? Because that's all, that's how it's really going down, Tony. It's not what you want to do. It's what she wants to do. She likes to plan. Well, there you go. Oh, I can that's totally see her as a planner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's a planner. Because I remember we wa- we met you guys at the Halloween party, and she was like, okay, time's up. Time, you know, it's time to go actually get oh back God. to, you know. I mean, no, she wasn't. I'm teasing. But, you know, she had, you know, an agenda. And I thought about it later, and I thought, you know, she's 100% right. Because if you're going, you know, like you guys were there for like a, a very short trip, and you only had a very small amount of time in the park, why wouldn't you stick to a schedule? But I think if you have a longer trip, like five, six days, you can be a little more flexible. So, and you right. guys were there for a cheer thing, weren't you? Was that it? Uh, no, no, you, that no. was the thing we were, before we that. The, okay, yeah, that was a, it. Was just a family trip. Yeah, um, exactly. But usually, I mean, even if it's a longer trip for us, just because of the cost of of tickets, you know, right. if we're there for eight days, we're probably only in the parks for four. So our our park time, we try to maximize it. You know. And and I've mentioned before, you know, I don't I don't have the luxury, Chris, of of, of you, you know, that you have yeah. uh, of being so close. And, you know, I, I, I'd assume you're in the parks, you know, once a month. Um, yeah, pretty. You know, we're we're there once or twice a year, uh, maybe a third time if, if we're lucky. Uh, but they're they're usually all very short visits. You know, there might only be two park days. Yeah. You know, when when we went in December for cheer, 
uh, we were there for five days. There were only three park days. Yeah. So, uh, so we do try to maximize our time. No, I, I think I think that's the way to do it. And I actually really like. Sometimes I wonder if people in your situations get more out of the park than people like me. Because, you know, I do walk in there and then I sit down and then I meet up with someone I know and we talk and, you know, be like, oh, let's go ride something. And it's not, it's not like I don't love it. Like I can tell you that every time I go into the parks, it's exciting. Even if I'm on a trip and I go in there five different times, every time I walk into a park, it's exciting. But I think that the planning is part of the fun, but also the desire to kind of have that experience to be as much, to be as big as possible, to have as many experiences as you possibly can, I think is probably, I don't know, more, more fun. I have a question and it's totally not one of the listener questions. It's actually an Adam question. Adam (laughs) Adam wants to know why Tony was so upset that the Jonas brothers were in the park. Yeah, specifically Galaxy's Edge. For Galaxy's Edge, right. Why were you so upset? I was upset for a few reasons. Uh, one, that is only three-fourths of the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, uh, is there really a fourth Jonas Brother? Yeah, there the bonus is a fourth Jonas. Jonas Brother. Where is he? Where, what's, he what does he do? He's taking the picture. He is Frankie. <laughs> he is the youngest Jonas, uh, which I, I guess is kind of like being the fourth Hanson Brother at this point. Is there? A, um, are there four Hanson Brothers? I, I, don't, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so that was one, you know, where was Frankie? Why was, was he, he not getting any love? He, he was there at the parks. They just So you say because you follow Twitter. He was. On Twitter. He was. No, I, I believe you. I believe Why you. Why would anyone follow Frankie Jonas on Twitter? <laughs> First of all, I don't even know who Frankie Jonas is. Some of us have too much time on our hands. <laughs> oh, my God. It says Frankie Jonas is an American actor. There's Adam following Frankie Jonas on Twitter's from the men's room. <laughs> Frankie Jonas is only 18 years old. He has a lot of, you know, successful. Right now, he just needs to sit and simmer in his own disappointment at not being one of the three really attractive, successful Jonas brothers. And and the second reason I didn't like it is, you know, they're not – it's cast previews for Galaxy's Edge, and they're just – you know, they're traipsing people in there. The, the Jonases have no tie to Disney right now. Um, you know, it's not like they're doing a show. You know, if they're going to start traip – just because they had a show, you know, 10 years ago, are they going to traipse Raven back through there or, or well, she is Selena on a show Gomez? Now. Raven Simone is on a show back with Disney. All right. Well, I don't. Jeez. I don't watch the Disney Channel. I'm, but, I'm done with um, the Disney Channel. Oh, okay. stop, Tony. Can, you you do, and you know it. Don't I don't can, lie to us. I can tell you why the Jonas Brothers or anybody who's famous goes through there because that picture is going to be everywhere on Instagram and liked a bazillion times because they're famous and because they have tons of people who follow them. So. That's How come fine. Adam and I are not in Galaxy's Edge? Mouse and More podcast co-hosts Adam and Tony, you know, holding lightsabers, well, which Adam they probably got for free. On, he didn't Adam get invited on Sunday. Are you st- are you going now? Did you figure that out? I don't. It's just I spend six hundred dollars on a flight to go there for four hours. I don't know. You've what do you guys think? Kind of massage. I would How totally do it and spend <laughs> another hundred ninety nine on a lightsaber for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Adam, you know, look at it this way. You spend that much money on a day, like a day of spa treatments, causing some poor woman to have to rub your back. You know, the whole time she's doing that, she's like, I hate this guy. So at least this, you're on a plane, you're going to Galaxy's Edge, you're having a great time. 
nobody hates you. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, um, because if it were having to massage people's backs all day long, I would hate them. I just want to be like, I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the flight went down. But, but you know what? <laughs> more more power to the Jonas Brothers because they did get to see it. The thing is, if you wanted I, to see Galaxy's Edge, at, you could go see the exact same thing out in Disneyland for the last two and a half months. Yeah, Tony. Anybody can see it. Joe Schmo can see it. Some guy, you know, off the street literally can see it. So as long as uh, he has the hundred and ten dollars to get in the park. Yes, exactly. Fine. Apparently, I just suffer from Jonas envy. You have Jonas Envy. I, I don't even, yeah. Well, didn't one of them just get married? Why isn't the wife yes. in there? Two of them just got married. Yeah, they just had so like one just got married to, uh, what's her name? Um, Sophie Turner, I think, from Game of Thrones. Oh, mm-hmm. how nice for them. I'm sure that'll last. It will. Um, <laughs> it will last as long as Miley and Liam. I know. They didn't even make it a year. Who's going to eat that frozen wedding cake they've got in the freezer now? I will. <laughs> I I would eat it too. I'm not gonna lie. Can you thaw that out, Liam? Bring me a glass of wine and that frozen cake. Yeah. Okay. That just got into my dreams. Um. Anyway. <laughs> okay. He. You know. And he's not. Do you? What is it like being part of the Hemsworth family? Like, do you think she would just walk in and like Christmas morning and see all the Hemsworth brothers and go, "Holy cow!" Because that's I. I don't think I could have them for my brothers-in-law. I'd be like, I gotta get out of this house. Um, maybe that's she just doesn't me. seem like that kind of. She doesn't seem like she cared. Oh yeah. So, speaking would, of Disney Channel, former actresses that get whatever they want, right? Tony, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Hannah yes. Montana. She's another one that could walk into Galaxy's Edge and get a real lightsaber, not even the ones you could buy. Did I ever tell you about the time I met Miley Cyrus at a Disney park? Yes. I was with you. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh! Remember? Yes. Okay, so- we didn't technically meet her, but we were in the same VIP seating, and she had her her people there with her, her, her friends, who were all sloppy looking. I mean, you'd think Miley Cyrus would have some friends that actually knew how to dress, but they look like homeless people. It's when she was going through that stage. Yeah. She was going through a thing. Yeah. And she had this, like, um, plaid with her, you know, her, like, VIP. She had two VIP guides, and... Um, they must have known each other because they were all like making jokes and the girl was like super comfortable. So, you know, you're an, you're like a very important plaid when you know Miley Cyrus that well. So that's so funny. Yeah. We were together. Yeah. Did you take pictures of her? Were you one of the ones that got yelled at? I did not. I had everyone forward them to me though. <laughs> you did, oh, did you really? <laughs> I'm not was, getting trouble. Okay. I want to thank you guys for staying up late and recording i always appreciate it i want to thank everyone for listening this show is sponsored by main street and more travel if you like us give us a call 919-889-5281 or find us on the interwebs at mainstreetandmoretravel.com good night everyone good night good night good night <laughs>